Good afternoon and on a wonderfully sunny day in Cambridge. This is Burst of Bubble, Cam FM's show about weird news. I'm Michael Ontario. And I'm Jonathan Nelson. And we're going to be talking about the sillier stories from the past week for the next hour. So yeah. we're going to start um, with something which I'm actually hoping to institute here in the studio uh, because apparently the male staff at the Italian Abercrombie and Fitch um, outlet uh, have been punished in a somewhat unusual way for a retail store. Yeah, well, it's a somewhat unusual way for any business, really, to operate. Uh, they are punishing those who uh, don't conform to their very high standards of shop assisting um, by making them all do press-ups if they are male or squat thrusts if they are female in front of the manager. So this is sort of a bit more akin to uh, sort of army kind of uh, punishments. I don't, I'm quite worried by the fact that you said that you're going to try and institute it here. Uh, I, mean, I feel like I have to make sure that I don't accidentally say Abercrombie and Finch or something like that because otherwise I'm going to end up having to do press-ups. Yeah, it'd be quite tight here in the studio, actually, trying to do fit press-ups in here. It would. I think there's a small amount of space here that I could possibly do them on, but I'm, I'm going to make no mistakes, so therefore this will be all fine. Um, anyway, uh, it seems that this uh, this store has a habit of um, of being in the news for being controversial in the past, uh, seeing as I've actually realised I can't really see the story beyond my microphone, which makes it slightly awkward. Um, they have... Uh, they have previously been told that basically they have to conform precisely to the looks. Uh, so they've got to have the Abercrombie and Fitch look. They have to have the perfect abs, apparently, according to the uh, article, which presumably is because they're called Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, What's a Fitch? What? What? Oh, is, it, is it just fit? Fit, exactly. <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch. Abs and fit. Ab, abs and fit. Ab, abs, abs to be fit, sort of. That's kind of the idea. I don't know where the Crombie comes in. Maybe they were just all called Crombie. Uh, but anyway, so they have to have so. Given that you can't, you can't be biased, prejudiced in the way that you're employing people. It kind of seems a bit harsh to make sure that they all have to have perfect abs. But I suppose if they supply you with all the equipment, like you know, a gym and everything, to get worked out, then actually it could be quite a good way of getting fit at the same time. Yeah. Um, is, is that is that like kind of like on the list of employee advantages? It's kind of like harsh training regime with personal trainer who will get you to drop to and do press-ups or squats. Yeah, well, you only really have to get training if they've decided you've done something wrong. So therefore, if you want the harsh training regime, then you're actually going to be a really bad employee. Uh, so I imagine that's probably not a great thing to go into an interview and say, I really want to get fit because I hear you have this punishment policy that I'm really, really keen on. Because they'll probably assume that you're just going to be a completely rubbish employee and just swear at all the customers or something like that. But perhaps they'd do the opposite. Perhaps um, they'd expect you to just be doing press-ups normally if you were that that into it and then they'd force you to stop doing press-ups you wouldn't be much good at interacting with the customers if you were doing a press-ups in the middle there so somebody kind of instead of normally coming along saying can i help you you know what, what do you want in fact you're just doing press-ups in the middle and they come along and say excuse me excuse me try and prod you like, can't you see i'm busy i'm doing my re- exercise regime that's how i get these perfect abs for this ab and fitch to be honest, I'd almost prefer that sometimes rather than going into a shop and them going, would you like some help? And it's like, no, I am perfectly capable of asking for help when required. Uh, when I am browsing, I am browsing. When it's, I require help, I ask for help. 
It's true. You don't want to be followed around by shop assistants who clearly have nothing better to do than to try and sort of help you do minute things. It's like, can I help you? Uh, yes, I was looking for something red. Ah, oh, okay, there's something red over there. Oh, brilliant, thank you. I'll go and have a look at that thing. Somebody else comes along. Can I help you? Yes, I was looking for something green. Oh, okay, well, there's something green over there and gradually move around the store like that. And now I'm just imagining you've got a shop themed around traffic lights. Uh, well... Is I it going to th- be something amber next and that is in between the two? Maybe. Um, but maybe not. There's, there's also ones for where they're not working, so they're just kind of grey. Uh... Anyway, the the uh, but yes, going back to the their very um, harsh employ um, uh, physical attributes that you must have. The, apparently, if you're male and you ha- if you've got any stubble, they'll order you home to shave. And similarly, if they think you're a woman and you've got too much makeup on, or presumably if you're a man and you have too much makeup on, or if you're a woman and have stubble, I mean, let's not be discriminatory here. Uh, they will they will go and tell you to sort of you know make sure you don't have too much makeup on. So. It's uh, It sounds very controlling. It sounds like you go, everyone must fit inside our perfect abs and fit world. I can't help feeling that soon. They'll be, if you're a customer that you walk it, if you're a customer that you walk in, oh, press up for me. Um, if you're a customer, <laughs> get down, get down. Uh, give me get, one. Get, okay, that's all, on. that's, that's all it looks like you'll actually be able to do. Give me one. Oh. <laughs> Did you just actually bang your leg on the side of the studio desk oh. there? Unfortunately, the headphones are a bit uh, difficult to actually get down when you're trying to do that. Um, I have completely forgotten my train of thought now. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Yeah, well, this is a problem that they might have. I mean, if you're actually doing something important and you're making a, a small mistake, will they, in fact, interrupt your train of thought sufficiently by getting you to do um, press-ups or squats? Will that just throw them all off? Will we have now a bunch of people with perfect abs, admittedly, wandering around the store going, I, I was... I was doing something, and then their supervisor came, yes, you were meant to be doing something, another ten. Well, it'd be very good for the training regime. Uh, it'd be quite problematic if you were being helped by somebody in the store, and you'd had a sort of slightly complicated question, like, you know, this seems to be out of stock, when can you expect this thing to be back in stock? I, I like that that's a complicated question. I'm trying to think of complicated questions. I don't work in a clothes store, so it's quite hard for me to think of them. Um, but you've asked something, and they say, oh, well, uh, they should be. Uh, they ran out um, sometime last week. So, and then the store manager will come in and say, "No, they ran out yesterday. Now you must go and give me ten. And then you have to go. They disappear to go and do press ups. And then they come back and go, "Hello, can I help you?" <laughs> and you have the sort of same looping problem. Problem that uh, you, you never really get your question answered. You'd hope that after the first time of getting the question wrong, they get it right the next time. Yes, as Jerry Rafty once sang, I believe. Uh, we have actually had an e- email in already. Um, you can email us studio at camfm.co.uk or if you're listening online, you can use the web form. I should point out we had a little bit of um, trouble last week. Um, the, the web form that you have to use is the one, the box on the Listen Live link, not the one on the Burstable Show page. That that will get to us, but after the show has finished, which is less good for for the interactivity element. Uh, and you can also text us by texting CAM plus your message to 80809, but those texts will cost you 10 pence a time. But no, the email that we've got so far, and yeah, please please put your name on there. We'd like to know who's listening. Um, says, why is it abs and fit? Is it possible to be really fit, but with really terrible abs? Well... Yeah, so I presume so. I mean, like, I think you could you can have certain levels of fitness. In certain, I mean, like, you could have really fit legs. You could have really strong legs and be able to run great distances, but not necessarily have great abs, I guess. So I suppose the thing is that Abercrombie and Fitch really want you to have great abs and be fit. That's why it's abs and fit, because the two things aren't equal. So otherwise, they'd only need one. Otherwise, it'd only be Abercrombie or just Fitch. 
but Fitch would be a rubbish name for a clothes label. Being uh, in the uh, mathematical sciences area, I'm now wondering about what other Boolean operators you could put between abs and fit. <laughs> well, you could have abs or fit, obviously, <laughs> in which case you only have to have either great abs or be very fit. You uh, have abs exclusive or fit, where you can have great abs or you can be fit, but you cannot be both. Yeah, it's a slightly more limited market there. You could have abs not fit, which means you have to have great abs but not be fit. So you have to have great abs, but as soon as you have to walk three paces, you collapse in a heap and sort of... Which is something they're not really looking for in either their staff or their customers, frankly. No, well, their staff will pretty much destroy their image if they do that. Uh, it can't actually walk to any customer without just collapsing in a heap, and the customers will presumably never buy anything if they can't get from the clothes rack to the till without having to sort of spend ten minutes on the floor gasping for air. I did actually hear a while back about, I think it was Abercrombie and Fitch, where they did a lot of publicity with topless men showing off the aforementioned abs. And so a, a bunch of people decided that they were all going to turn up to this one Abercrombie and Fitch shop without a shirt so they could buy one of their shirts. And several of them got, got asked to leave. Um, possibly it wasn't clear whether the ones that got asked to leave were in fact the ones who did not fit the abs and Fitch brand. That's true. Maybe they were not impressed by their abs. We've had another email, which has uh, gone on with this Boolean operator's uh, idea, which has suggested ab nor fit. So that would presumably be... Oh, I've forgotten my Boolean operator's name. That's abs um, who neither have abs nor are fit, I believe. Uh, so, so basically both of us, then? Uh, yes. For those of you who, who want to watch, I believe we have a webcam somewhere where you can justify this for yourselves. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes, going back to the topless uh, thing, I think actually the in this is in Italy um, where this press-ups uh, re- punishment regime had been implemented. And I believe that they actually had a policy at one point, I'm not sure if they still do, where uh, the male employees were actually expected to turn up without a shirt on to show off the abs. Um, which, again, seems odd for a clothing label that you're not actually encouraging them to wear your clothes and, in fact, wear no shirt at all as if to say this is you know why why would i need clothes when i am built like this surely you should be built like this too and then you would not even need to come here <laughs> uh, to, to 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 nick a, an advertising slogan from another uh, famous brand these are the abs your abs could look like <laughs> i was i just i as soon as you said that i just had a feeling you're going to say these aren't the abs you're looking for <laughs> which would, yeah. these aren't, go about your business by which i mean buying our stuff to cover those abs indeed Indeed. Uh, we have actually had a, a, another email demanding that the press-ups occur on the webcam. Oh, right, yes. Um, sorry, unfortunately, it's a bit difficult because there's not really a lot of space, and if I do that, I'm probably going to have to end up uh, sort of head-butting Michael in the knee. But if you want to see that um, live on the webcam... Oh, okay, it's a really struggle because the, the webcam's sort of fixed. The webcam is sort of fixed. I'll have to do them levitating if that's the case. You, you could you could pretend that the webcam has been tilted and it, and what it, when it's looking at the wall, it's actually looking at the floor. You that's could, true. You could you could pretend you could pretend to be doing that. That actually would work if yeah. I moved out of the way and we cleared everything else out of the way and there wasn't a desk in the picture. I so, know. 
So, so it probably won't work at all. I, I think I think if I have to do another press up from making a mistake, or Michael for that matter, I mean, he's he's so far has, uh, eluded these punishments, but I'm going to be keeping a weather eye out for this. Uh, if it does, I think we'll we'll try and do a press up against the wall, and uh, that might be that might be about right. Ooh, it sounds hollow. That might not be a good idea. Uh, yeah, it will be about right because as I already mentioned, neither was are actually fit, <laughs> <laughs> and therefore wall press ups are probably about as far as we can get. Exactly. Uh, well, one wall press up, I think, will probably be just about within our remit. Uh, moving on, we've got um, two stories now with the theme of escaping. Yes. So uh, the first one of which um, is uh, by a prisoner who was uh, in a prison in Exeter, so a UK prisoner who had obviously been watching far too much Shawshank Redemption, or when I say far too much, he's in, he'd seen it once and remembered the escape scene, um, because he'd been attempting to burrow, uh, or, well, he'd attempted to dig a hole in his wall um, using some handmade tools, which I think were some screws he'd taken out of the desk, sort of stuck through a plastic fork. Uh, so, again, not, not particularly great tools, but he was slowly getting there, but in order to try and cover it up, he wasn't allowed a picture of a glamorous model, like the, uh, or a film star, sorry, um, uh, as they were in Shawshank Redemption. So instead, he decided to craft some papier-mâché uh, waller-like. So waller-like being like a wall, as opposed to uh, a wall impersonator, which would presumably be just like a really bad mime artist. Um, and he used this to cover up the hole in the wall. Yeah. So, yes, um, he actually made his tools from screws removed from the desk in his cell, taped to plastic forks. So he had sellotape. Um, which is presumably what he was using to stick the papier-mâché on the... you think they'd have been a bit, com- bit confused when he asked for sellotape with nothing, presumably, to sellotape together. <laughs> it's like, I need to sellotape my clothes together. They're falling apart. Could you please give me some sellotape? I want, I want to know what, whether to cover the fact that he, he was obviously... If he had papier-mâché, he obviously like, kind of like, had uh, paper and water and stuff. Possibly some glue as well. And he was like, was, were they not suspicious about where all this was going? Did he perhaps, to waylay suspicion, have to actually build a papier-mâché sculpture separately in his cell? It's not, it's not um, stated that he, he didn't do this, but you think he would have been mentioned. Actually, when I first saw this, uh, so the headline is something along the lines of um, a prisoner tries to escape uh, using papier-mâché. Um, and uh, my initial... My initial reaction was probably that he'd actually tried to build a papier-mâché version of himself and sort of leave that in the cells so that he could sort of follow a convenient guard out or something. Oh, did you ever do that as a kid where you make a papier-mâché mask, which is effectively your, your face? Uh, no, I don't think I did, actually. Oh, it, was, it, it was one of those things which, which is half exciting and half something that you might actually have nightmares about. Because the entirety of the front of your face is covered with strips of papier-mâché. And, and then, then actual proper papier-mâché is built on top of that. And then there's just little holes left for your, for your nose and mouth and eyes. Yes. And so you're like being encased in this wet, slowly drying mixture with only a couple of hair holes, which could at any moment be accidentally taped over by that, that person in class you've been paired up with who you never really liked anyway. <laughs> I have a feeling we're bringing back bad memories. I was thinking partly it would also be quite terrifying when you're trying to get to sleep. If you've got that papier-mâché mask in your room, such where you can see it, but it's basically just you, a sightless version of you, staring at you whilst trying to go to sleep. It sounds positively terrifying. (laughs) 
but uh no i never had i never had to do this um we played with lego and it's quite hard to do a different uh, do a lego version of your face because it tends to be very blocky oh i saw there was an article on one of the news websites about like having a job working working in lego and being the people who just make all the lego models like the the giant lego christmas tree that was in the uh, state railway station over christmas and all that sort of thing and it's and then they're going they get told you are not allowed to use any bricks which are not standard lego bricks however you can use glue oh well glue's clearly cheating yeah they're, they're, to be fair they only allow glue at, at the end because when you spend a year building this ginormous Lego model, the last thing that you want is for to someone to knock it, knock into it in whichever, wherever it's in, in the Legoland hotel, and it's go wobble, 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 smash. So when you say you use glue at the end, I mean, does that mean you have to take it apart and rebuild it using the glue to glue it together, or does that mean you just pour glue over the top and sort of end up with this crystalline icicle effect, uh, which you then have to uh, sort of hope is just set in a particular way? You could just papier-mâché over the front of it. But then, obviously, it wouldn't look like Lego, which would be a bit pointless. I think they have to, like, design it and get it ready like that in bits at first, and they'll take each bit apart and actually glue it. But but we've drifted a long way from the story now, I think. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, yes, going back to this this story. uh, The the, the, the hilarious bit is that this was found because um, they found um, brick dust underneath the outside wall because he'd obviously already made it through the wall. Um, but they they did also point out that he had a barbed wire fence to cross after that. So he, all, he, hadn't, he hadn't done it on the outside wall of the jail, just the wall of his cell. So he'd be able to get out into the rest of the jail. Yes, which is not really much of an achievement if you're trying to escape prison. Um, it appears this guy has been in prison for quite a while. He's now 28 and he's basically been in prison for the last eight years. And the, the reason he seems to be repeatedly in prison is because he has a tendency to assault police guards police officers or police wardens rather um and i can't help feeling that if he wanted to if he wanted to break out of jail the easiest thing to do would presumably to be stop assaulting police wardens and that way he would not actually have to spend so much time in there rather than concocting a very ingenious way out of screws and plastic forks or maybe this is a way of keeping his hands busy i'm not sure i do like the fact that his defense lawyer uh, actually said that his escape attempt was bound to fail because if he, even if he had got through the wall, he couldn't have got any further, so it obviously wasn't an escape attempt. Yeah, it was just sort of, you know, as I said, something to do with his hands. It's just keeping himself occupied, having to destroy part of the Victorian prison uh, in the in the attempt. Uh, uh, although I must admit, it, it, he'd only been there 22 days, so he thought he'd obviously... Uh, got quite quite away in 22 days he's done pretty well i don't i mean like, okay I've, we've already established that the walls of the cam fm studio are slightly hollow but i think given 22 days and a screw tapped t- tied to a plastic fork i would not fancy to be able to get my build a hole big enough for me to climb through that's uh that's 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 quite quite impressive there seems to be a bit of a theme with this this year because earlier in the year we actually had some stories about some criminals instead of attempting to get out, attempting to tunnel in, uh, and trying to steal a cash machine. Um, although this 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 one is a bit more low tech. Their their tunnel had like a little cart for carrying all all, all the um, debris out and rudimentary lighting, which they tapped into the power grid to, <laughs> to steal all the electricity as well. Um, Whereas here it's just papier mache, but it seems to be the theme of this year's crime so far, tunneling. 
Yes, so it's almost like um, it seems that there was the Christmas staple that was the Great Escape that was always on, and uh, I don't think it was on last year or something like that. So maybe it's just been the case that they're all getting nostalgic for it and they're thinking maybe people have forgotten that tunnels is a way that Kyrie has committed because the Great Escape is not always on. So we'll we'll sort of gradually try and uh, try and uh, use that one and see if we get away with it, which so far obviously they haven't. Or maybe they have, and we just haven't heard about the ones who were successful. Yeah. You kind of go, though, you you, you kind of like putting great escape and crime in the same sentence. You kind of like great escape. Is kind of uh, well, yes. Slight, okay. Slightly different there. That's uh, true. But, I mean, you, where, where do you, if you are a criminal and you're looking for an ingenious way to get around something and not be caught, then you'll take your inspiration from things, which will not necessarily be... I mean, you wouldn't do something that is, you've seen as a crime on the, on the movies, because generally that ends badly, because movies sort of tends to go on the lines of crimes doesn't pay uh so the italian job and you don't see anybody driving around with minis sort of uh, around car parks and attempts to escape because people know that one ends badly because you'll eventually escape but you'll end up trapped on a cliff sort of uh, teetering on the edge that's the moral that we got taught whereas in the in the great escape well actually to be honest they don't really escape very much either but some of them do and so maybe that's what they're uh, maybe that's what they're hoping that they won't be asked um if they have if they have the time or whatever was the one that caught out the chat talking about a slightly more successful escape here which might end up being inspiration for future criminals um an aquarium in tokyo uh is trying to find a, a penguin which has escaped from them um by scaling a wall apparently they're not quite sure how it did this well, it's, a, it's a one-year-old penguin um penguins uh, don't seem to have much traction i wouldn't have thought i mean they always look when you see them quite sort of uh smooth animals so uh, how it would scale a wall as you as you say i'm not entirely sure judging its little arms just kind of going <laughs> as, 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 as it frantically flaps at the wall <laughs> yeah so uh but yes this, this one-year-old penguin has escaped um it had tried several previous attempts to escape um it attempts to tunnel uh, were foiled by one the lack of any desk that it could take screws out of and two the lack of opposable thumbs which enabled it to wield any tools that it in fact created um, so it decided eventually that it couldn't go over it tried to go through but that just involved <laughs> it running into the wall repeatedly um, as you know one year olds tend to do it's uh, kind of the opposite of going on a bear hunt here can't can't go under it can't go over it have to go through it no aha it turns out it can go over it can go over it so it tried um and it spent about roughly 22 days um scaling this wall until eventually it, it got over the top um and uh yeah and it's it's since been sighted in so this is in tokyo i don't remember if you mentioned it, it was in tokyo um it's been sighted in the mouth of this river and they've got a picture of it looking quite happy in the river <laughs> and uh and they're saying that they're not entirely sure how the penguin got out um, because I think from what we've just established penguins are not the most efficient wall climbing animals um, but they're also not entirely sure how to catch it because penguins are incredibly fast when they get into water so as soon as they get anywhere near it it just shoots off and they're like oh, lost it again in my head there's just a penguin and a boat and the Benny Hill music. <laughs> I'm imagining this could uh, start a spin-off um, with uh, the zookeepers being played by Dick Dastardly and being called Stop the Penguin. Uh, or Catch the Penguin, I think was the... Uh... So we have another email, in fact, uh, related to the penguin. 
this one's from Dave. Thank you for the name. Hooray. Uh, perhaps the escaping penguin managed to finally find a joke that broke the fourth wall. Hey! Um, so, oh, I wish I could think of a joke now that would work for that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just kind of going, um, perhaps, perhaps, perhaps um, someone was also waiting in a getaway vehicle on your side to p- p- pick up the penguin. Ah, <laughs> yeah. So if you have any more penguin-based uh, escape puns, then please do email in. And don't forget to put your name, because that way we can credit you and we'd like to know who we're talking to. Um, uh, but yes, uh, we're going to be back after a short musical interlude with some more silly news and our dispatch from America from Chris Moten. On air, 97.2, online, camfm.co.uk, and across Cambridge, your station, your camfm. Yes, welcome back to Burst of All Live on CamFM, the show about silly news with me, Michael Ontario. And me, John Nelson. Uh, we're actually going to move on now to our dispatch from America from our man in the US of A, Chris Smoten, who appears to be in a particularly ranty mood this week. So, we'll just um, put, that, put that on for you now. I hope you enjoy this. Yep. 97.2. Your city. Your Cam FM. Hello again. This week is International Week of Ranting and Making Up Holidays. In deference to both, let's talk about Facebook. Everyone has by now realised that Facebook, Twitter and their ilk offer a gaping man-trap waiting to gobble up the drunk, the closet racist and the plain stupid amongst us, revealing their secret love, their loathing of Eskimos and their dire grasp of grammar, respectively. No matter how diligent we think we are with privacy settings, there will inevitably come that one post that goes from delightfully witty to rather embarrassing to a front page of the Daily Express in 15 minutes. And that's when you're actually in control of your Facebook account. There's also the ever-present danger of so-called frassault and battery, or twerglery with intent, in which your friends simultaneously gain access to your account and lose 50 IQ points and 30 years of social progress, yielding the inevitable LOL Steve is totes gay for all the world to banefully ignore. All right, people don't actually call it frassault or twerglery, but the real term is somewhat distasteful, and if you absolutely must blend a social networking site with a crime, those are my suggestions. Maybe just plain old fraud. Anyway, with nearly everyone having experienced a social media foul-up, most Facebook pages these days have privacy settings that are boss-appropriate. Many employers admit to browsing around on social media sites to find out about their prospective applicants, so it's only sensible to keep photos of truly heroic imbibing behind closed doors. Although presumably this only matters if there's a variation in privacy controls, leading to an illusory split between the haves and the have-beers. If all privacy controls were disabled, employers would quickly realise that every person on the planet has at least one photo of themselves downing a yard of WKD blue, or naked but for a strategically placed lampshade, and we'd have to just admit that people sometimes do silly things and call the whole thing a scratch, or else fire everybody and destroy the world economy. So that's what would happen in a sane country. Let's examine the American approach. I'll be keeping score throughout. Let's see how many statements we can count which are iterated billiards, which is one worse than snooker loopy. This week, a North Carolina police department decided to raise the privacy invasion stakes by casually dropping the following question onto their application form. Do you have any web page accounts such as Facebook, MySpace, etc.? If so, list your username and password. 
ding, score three insanity points. One for casually asking for somebody's complete identity on a plate. Another for asking them to write down their username and password, which absolutely definitely do not grant the interviewer access to somebody's online bank, in addition to the social networking site that was targeted. And they get a third point for use of the phrase web page account, which makes it clear that the document was written by a person who thinks the World Wide Web refers to the spectacular inflation of popular comedians that collaborate with David Mitchell. Maryland Department of Corrections took a similar approach until the obvious complaint was levelled at them. They now settle for getting the candidate to log the interviewer in and let them browse around. They win another point for thinking that's any better. Annoyed that we're asking you to submit your house keys before you can get a job cleaning the prison loos? Well, how about you just leave your door unlocked? That'll be much easier for all concerned, particularly the twirlers. Maryland gets a bonus point for assuring us that this is all fine and dandy because the investigation is voluntary. Clearly, if I was doing airport security and I said, "Sir, could I look in that bag?" and he replied, "Actually, do you mind if you don't?" I'd absolutely forget about the whole thing and definitely not flag him as a troublemaker or pull the trapdoor that leads to the shark pool. It's not just the government that's playing this game, though. College sports teams have got in on the act. The University of North Carolina has introduced a policy stating that members of the university sports teams must friend their coach. So that they can review all social media actions for appropriateness, even those that are restricted to friends only. Obviously, that's one point for sheer gall, but another for their apparent ignorance of Facebook and other sites' scope for restricting posts with finer granularity. I imagine the North Carolina Comskies are doing a roaring trade in scripts that post a status once an hour, complaining about how long hours of studying sure are challenging, and boy howdy how I love both abstinence and sobriety. The practice has given rise to automated snooping tools such as U Diligence and Varsity Monitor, both of which boast that they don't actually need you to friend a coach. No, never fear. We merely require you to install an app that records everything you do, regardless of privacy settings. We certainly don't want your front door key. We wouldn't mind driving a truck through your wall, though, if that's okay. U Diligence goes so far as to showcase the objectionable material they found on their website. Alongside the expected pictures of people getting naked, having sex, and drinking recklessly, they also feature a photo of a tastefully censored man taking a shower, some people drinking from gallon bottles of milk, and an athlete dressed up as a redcoat, presumably out of deference to people who hate hygiene, calcium, and Great Britain circa 1760, respectively. The teams typically claim that their spying is justified by the need to defend their reputation, like professional sports teams do. One might tentatively score them an insanity point because this is a university-level sport. After all, if the same principles were applied to the Cambridge Varsity Rugby team, they'd just drop the pretense and launch the Varsity Drinking Team. But due to complex and historical insanity, the U.S. university sports scene is also the standard route into professional sport, meaning that it attracts proper professional-style training regimes and seriously big money. They do get an insanity point for accidentally tying the youth team system to higher education, though. Bigger U.S. universities frequently offer scholarships to people with the intellectual capacity of a bag of walnuts, doing some pretend degree course, and the country presumably has to find something to do with the hundreds of graduates who don't become professional sportsmen. After all, there's only so economical your land can get. 
the staggering importance attached to junior sports is possibly best illustrated by the case of H.S., a high school-level cheerleader who took a case to the state supreme court to get reinstated into her cheerleading squad after being dismissed for refusing to cheer for a player that had been indicted for assaulting her. In denying appeal, a lower court determined that, in her capacity as cheerleader, she served as a mouthpiece through which the school could disseminate speech, namely support for its athletic teams, and that not cheering for the player in question constituted substantial interference with the work of the school, because, as a cheerleader, she was present at the basketball game for the purpose of cheering, a position which she undertook voluntarily. I checked in my dictionary, and the business of a school continues to be teaching people stuff, and the kids who play sports, or indeed stand near them, with pom-poms, continue to be children enjoying their free time, rather than employees in the serious business of waving shiny materials and rhyming two, four, six, eight. When a high school is prepared to pursue their case to the state supreme court, rather than just give H.S. her pom-poms and be done with it, perhaps you can see why universities wouldn't be averse to a spot of fraking and twentering. Well, that's it for this week. The insanity point totals don't bear examining. Back to you, Michael and Chums. 97.2 camfm.co.uk On air and online, your camfm. Apologies for the slight technical hitch at the start of that report. Both me and John have in fact performed press-ups, which those of you watching uh, on the webcam hopefully saw. Yes, and will have looked far more convincing if you uh, tilted your head to the side, as previously discussed. That we have indeed uh, performed our Abercrombie and Fitch-esque punishments, and we promise it will not happen again. Uh, but now it's time to go on to uh, another section of our show. Um, this, this one has a theme of space. Yes, so uh, we were sort of talking about technology before and sort of Facebook and Twitter with uh, Chris's thing, and now we're going slightly more into the realms of sci-fi with the idea of warp drives. Yes, um, it has been uh, worked out by uh, university students in Sydney that um, there's a particular way of warping space and time that um, has been mooted as possibly if you have like several suns to convert into energy... In, in their entirety, you might be able to propel a small ship in, through interstellar space. Uh, and they found a problem with this, by which I obviously mean another problem, seeing as we don't have five scars, scars? Five stars to sacrifice to, uh, to our mission to boldly go further than anyone else has gone before. Well, we have plenty of stars, we just can't reach them, I think is the problem. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem, uh, because... Um, Yes, and in order to get to the stars, we need to be able to uh, have more stars. It's kind of like a diminishing returns. Yes, indeed. And obviously by stars, we mean the uh, galactic objects, rather than trying to sort of put George Michael up into the... Uh, uh, not, uh, whether you want to fry George Michael or not is your business. But uh, the fact is we can't anyway. It wouldn't get us anywhere. Um, anyway, this, so this is the uh, the Alcubierre drive, I think is the, the thing. And it was based upon this idea of uh, relativity. You can't travel faster than light, but you can somehow warp you can create a bubble that will travel, and you'll travel with inside the bubble, and between the two of you, you'll travel faster than light. Um, the only problem with this is the bubble will hit things on the way, and then... Pick them up. Yes, exactly. They create hitchhikers, um, which might be where your idea of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy came from, as it came from, in fact, travelling in bubbles. 
Yes, it, it was. Um, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or today. It was in fact Douglas Adams would have been Douglas Adams' 60th birthday. Ah, see, so, cunningly got that one in, didn't we? Yeah, uh, but yeah. So the, the the problem comes with this when you decelerate at the other side, and uh, all the things that were in your bubble are fine. All the things that you pick up um, because they're being decelerated um, it so quickly um, start emitting horrendous radiation directly forwards. Yes, so uh, the problem is that whilst you in your ship will be absolutely fine, um, all the things that you drove through on the way, as you can imagine, something driving incredibly fast is likely to incinerate things. This sort of delays the process until you've started st- slowing, and then it proceeds to incinerate them with gamma radiation. Well, it incinerates the things that are in front of where you stop as well. Yes. So, so I can imagine it's going to some like interstellar traffic light. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> anyone in, any, like you, you just destroyed the houses across the street well it'd be great if you it's wouldn't have to keep stopping at, if you stop at a traffic light then the traffic light disappears <laughs> and then you just carry on going so that would solve that problem but the problem is of course as soon as you reach your destination it's like I'm home oh home's gone <laughs> So you'd have to sort of like do this kind of weird, like the thing where the bus doesn't stop quite outside your house. You'd have to kind of stop about, I don't know, a a reasonable distance away such that you didn't fry everything and then sort of teeter along at a a more sedate pace to get to where you actually wanted. You'd effectively have to be taxied um, from your your hyperstellar runway into somewhere where it has actually useful things like gravity. Yes, indeed. Um, so th- th- this article actually came with the tagline at the top um, on the basis of the fact that it was dis- disobeying law of relativity and everything it was something along the lines of roam the universe, cheat Einstein, fry your friends, <laughs> which is what not 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 the best selling point that I I, I, can, I can imagine. It was it was doing so well as, a, as an advertising slogan for the first two thirds. It was. I mean, everybody wants to roam the universe, and quite a lot of people want to cheat Einstein. Um, I, I can't help feeling that probably a lot of people want to play poker against him for precisely that reason. Uh, but yes, yeah, so it looks like the, the, the warp drive as envisaged by various sci-fi uh, programs, um, while, while they reckoned that they, they could have the technology for it in about 30 years, given how long it took lasers and uh, similar things to arrive from that's the a, theory. That's a very optimistic 30 years, given we need like solar masses to power this thing. Yeah, it is a little optimistic. Um, and, and it's kind of like, we, well, we haven't quite even solved these equations t- to uh, do this, so... But uh, but uh, everyone's like, we're pretty sure you can solve the equations to do this. We just haven't. Yeah, so we, we know there's an answer out there somewhere. Uh, all the mathematicians going, yeah, there's an answer. The physicists going, well, well, this is the answer. Well, that's not the important thing, is it? Um, well, we've had another email from Dave who says these warp drives will make invasions easier, though. When you arrive, you've already conquered your enemies. Well, it depends. I think inv- there's a difference between invade and annihilate, really, isn't there? Yeah, it's going to like why? Why were you invading? It's going like if you were invading because you wanted to demolish their planet because so you could get to places on the other side of their planet slightly faster, like putting a hyperspace bypass there. If, if, if we're referring back to Douglas Adams again, then it's brilliant. If the reason that you actually wanted to invade them was to steal their land and resources and subjugate their peoples, uh, then then you kind of then annihilating them on the way in is a bit of a faux pas. Yeah, it, I mean the the point is normally to give yourself more areas to live or more people more people to help you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that's not how you want to describe it, John. Well, okay. I mean, I, I was, uh, slaves, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, the, they, 
yes, if you, if you wanted to expand your territories, it doesn't really much do much good if you just create more empty space because we have lots of empty space already. And uh, as you pointed out, it's not entirely empty. It has these little bits which you're picking up. That's true. And some solar, some stars that you're uh, also using. So if we carry on with this warp drive idea, then eventually the, uh, the question of are we alone will be, we are now. <laughs> There was actually a Star Trek The Next Generation episode where they uh, where they found that their warp drives were effectively damaging space. Uh, and they went, okay, then we'll turn them down a bit. <laughs> and, and, only, and only turn them up when, it, when it's essential, which, was, which turned out to be every other episode. <laughs> well, this wasn't at all uh, inspired by the, the, the fact that people were getting worried about carbon emissions at any point, was it? As kind of, we don't need to be driving our cars right. We don't need to be using our warp drive all the time. We'll only use it when essential. But unfortunately, the plot gets a bit boring if we don't use it a lot, because otherwise we end up in one space, <laughs> sort of sitting at traffic lights. Well. And uh, speaking of space, um, we've got uh, another space story, although this one is, is I was going to say a lot less serious. It's how serious can you get when you're talking about warp drives and frying entire planets? (laughs) Well, that thing could, you know, potentially be space travel in the future, whereas this thing is not going to be particularly related to space, as it is, in fact, about angry birds. Yes, and now Angry Birds have uh, teamed up with NASA, which is possibly one of the least likely team-ups you're ever going to see. It's kind of like Abercrombie and Fitch and, I don't know, Naturism? (laughs) Well, I I don't think Angry Birds and NASA are mutually exclusive, unless, of course... Um, all the complicated NASA equipment that they use to uh, to sort of jet to pilot shuttles, getting all the gravity right around the planets and everything, is in fact used to play Angry Birds. I, I, I did actually um, read some stuff. They actually um, some of the old sci-fi before space travel was actually possible at all um, did actually suggest things like a giant, well, a, a giant gun rather than catapult <laughs> uh, as a way of actually firing uh, rockets, or well, not rockets, obviously firing ships into space. Yeah, well, regular listeners of the show might remember we had a similar idea before with the uh, the space janitor, uh, where I mooted the fact that what they were really doing was lobbing things up in the catapults to hit things and then come back down. And uh, obviously, and obvi- obviously, uh, Rovio um, heard this yes. and decided to um, take this as, as a net their new app. We expect our royalties in the post, please. Um, but yes, this is this is a uh, Angry Birds, but in space. And the idea is basically to add some weird gravity effects because things don't. That, that, that's what that, that that's everything to do with space. Just as the fact that gravity isn't the same as it is on Earth. Well, it is, but it's it 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 it, it feels different. Yeah, so so it's still the same gravity. There's no like unique space flavored gravity. <laughs> space flavored gravity, just like your mama used to make. Uh, <laughs> so, so this is, um, but the, the idea is it's going to have these sort of things in that mean that the physics kind of get a bit funky and sort of hope NASA hopes it will encourage people to sort of think, oh, the physics is kind of funky. This is fun. I could kind of do NASA stuff. This will be cool. Um, I can't help feel that they're kind of like selling like rocket physics short here it's kind of going oh no space travel that's easy just fire fire them out of a catapult why are nasa don't need their huge budget i just like the the idea that angry birds is now attempting to be educational because up till this point it has been very educational to us i mean it's taught us all that birds and pigs are natural enemies um which is not at all obvious because you would have thought that actually natural enemies were in fact birds and say cats and pigs and butchers uh, <laughs> so th- this whole idea of uh, birds and pigs is completely new until i heard about angry birds and um obviously it's also told us that certain birds so it 
I think this is one of the things I saw when I saw this is I thought I, I saw the pitch and I thought the birds don't have the crash helmets on how are they going to breathe in space this was my issue with the game <laughs> was that the birds would not be able to breathe in space um, but it's, it's sort of explained this away by saying oh and of course all the birds now have superpowers they're all yeah. superheroes because uh, of course before they didn't you know like you had a bird that was able to split into three smaller birds and that's just natural right that's, that's a natural defence mechanism for the cuckoo <laughs> But yes, uh, they have like ridiculous masks on now. <laughs> yeah, that makes them superheroes. As soon as you get a mask on, you become a superhero. Uh, maybe that was the issue when you, in fact, had the Papier Mache mask on. Was in fact you were feeling the superpowers draw it draining into your face, and it was kind of, kind of unnerving for you. You don't know whether you were ready to be Peter Parker just yet. Was that in fact the issue? Do you reckon? It was. Or it was, was the fact that the kid less, you didn't like very much was also doing it. <laughs> it was less superhero sort of just covering the eyes mask and more full face. You're going to be mummified mask. <laughs> That's true. Like mummified man is not a particularly good, <laughs> particularly good superhero. Have you seen the, the recent like I say recent? I mean, it came out while I was alive. Um, version of the mummy where the mummy basically does have superpowers and nowhere in the plot is it ever addressed. We're going that the, the, the um, ancient Egyptians wanted to really punish this guy, and so they the, the, which has had the latter effect of him reawakening in modern times with superpowers like being able to turn into sand. <laughs> the Egyptians, sort of, in whichever afterlife, I'm not sure what the, the Egyptian afterlife is called, but it would be sort of looking uh, looking down this going. <laughs> We made a bit of a mess up of this one, didn't we? Really? <laughs> <laughs> so, to be honest, that looks uh, that looks much better. Ah, <laughs> uh, but um. We we have had a couple of comments about the uh, the stories, uh, including an exact episode from which Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh no! Um, like it came from Seven X O Nine Force of Nature, apparently. And also okay. the same person has suggested that twenty five plus years means it's not. We haven't conclusively proved that it's impossible to make a warp drive, rather than having any actual idea how to make a warp drive. Yes, I suppose this is true. Um, and 25 years, I mean, what was happening 25 years ago? Uh, I was we, born. We had Amstrad, I think was the thing. Um, that was sort of the computer of the day, and so everybody was playing Dig Dug. Uh, it's a bit, I suppose it's pretty much the same now, which is still playing games. It's just they've changed in flavour slightly, and they're on much smaller screens, which somehow <laughs> seems like going backwards, but apparently it's going forwards. Uh, We're going to take another brief musical break before the end of the show, before we had um, a bit of Noel Gallagher with the death of you and me. Here's some Just Stone. Your city. Your station. Your Cam FM. Yes, welcome back to Burst of All on Cam FM. That was Just Stone with You Had Me. We've got a couple more stories to um, talk about as we bring you up to the hour. Next up will be the science of fiction, so do hang along for that. Hang along? Hang around for that. I I think that's a press up. Yeah, that's probably a press-up. I'm not entirely sure how you do hang along. You'll have to have something to hang on if you're doing that. Yeah, I'm going to hang along to the wall. Yep, go on. There we go. That'll do. That that was for all you who are watching the webcam. That was another press-up against the wall. Hopefully at some point during the time that I was doing that press-up, the webcam will have fired and you will have got that picture. (laughs) (laughs) Or not, depending on how you feel about it. Anyway, so uh, uh, our next story is um, uh, a story about a seven-year-old boy who had been flying a pirate flag and been told off by the council. Um, He got an official letter. An official letter, sort of one of those uh, disturbance of the peace type letters, I guess. You, You shouldn't be doing this. Um, but the um, 
The council have now re- decided that this was maybe a little extreme uh, to charge a seven-year-old boy. Um, and so they've sent another letter, which this time is apologised. And... Uh, I, 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 like, I like the idea that this is how the old pirates well, in the future will just have to have a little kid uh, go do, so that they're doing anything piratical they're just like oh no it's not us it is our seven year old kid oh, he's the cabin boy presumably <laughs> I mean wasn't he always the junior member of the ship uh, and the, the scapegoat but uh, they've got a picture of the boy uh, proudly with uh, holding his letter you saying, say, you're saying proudly you can't actually tell because the letter is in fact covering most of his face his, his that's, a, that's his pirate nature going through it's like I don't want to be on anything official on news sites I shall hold this letter in front of my face well, okay, he's either proud or he's scowling. I was quite hard to tell from the eyes. Uh, he might be scowling at the letter. But uh, he's also with, um, with his mother and her partner, who is actually looking a fairly piratish. It just looks slightly like he's modelled himself on a, on a Jack Sparrow type with the bandana across the top and uh, lots of hair. But um, he came up with a great quote about this at the end, which was uh, he, had, he hoped in the future that the council would sit back and drink a large cup of common sense <laughs> before sending any more letters. That, so, that, that, that would be a brilliant like branding exercise for tea or something. Going, are you are you having trouble dealing with the vagaries of everyday life? Sit back and enjoy a cup of common sense. <laughs> Not everyone has it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of it. I, is it Typhoon or Pigeon? Which is the one with the monkey? I can can't, can't help feeling that's probably exactly the wrong one to have this. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, I can I can see in future that you being able to buy common sense, which will be a, a form of weak bovril probably that you could drink. Oh, but um, yeah, it's just the fact that it's a pirate flag. It's like because it was because it was a toy. Was he pretending to be a pirate? Uh, one can only assume that's what happened. And, and the uh, council um, the council got a complaint off somebody else. That's the thing. Someone actually complained about this kid's pirate flag. Well. Maybe they thought it was too nationalistic. The, idea that <laughs> the, 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 the nation of pirates. The nation of piracy was just... Or maybe they thought that they were illegally downloading musical films and that was, that was really what they were reporting. They thought they'd found an actual pirate because everybody must have the Jolly Roger outside by law <laughs> if they're going to do it because pirates will obey the pirate code <laughs> and no other. But uh, moving on from that, um, we've got another one about an, an interesting musical story here. Yes, so this is um, actually almost like a new type of instrument. It's a, it's a violin, but the uh, strings have been, instead of being made out of gut or metal, as is traditional, they're now being woven from spider silk, which is uh, reputed to be um, stronger than steel, I think, for the amount that you actually get. So they've managed to produce quite a dur- uh, something that's actually more durable than the, uh, than the, normal, uh, than the normal metal ones. But also has an unusual timber to it. Tombra. Tombra, sorry. Soft and profound tombra. See, that's another press-up. Okay, fine. Uh, but I just like the fact that it, it has a profound tombra. It's kind of like... It's, 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 it's one that you have to think deeply about before you're sure whether or not you actually you actually appreciate the, the music. I've realised it's actually impossible to attempt to do press-ups on the wall that look like they're not on the wall because you have to put your feet right against the wall and then you're just lying against the wall. Um, sorry, but going back to the spider story, uh, yes, I, I, I can't help feeling that 
they say that this is going to be great for um, music lovers and violinists as sort of a new type of sound and I can expect that we're going to start hearing uh, we're going to start hearing you know Sonata for Spider coming up soon um, you know the uh, in, in, in eight piece harmony indeed there must be was it Robert the Bruce was the, the Scottish king who had the spider come and advise him presumably if you're doing a Peter and the Wolf type thing you'll end up having Peter the Wolf and the Spider will start coming along as sort of the spider violin it took 300 spiders producing silk to actually make this, these, this set of strings, apparently. The, yeah. the, 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 one of the species of golden orb weavers renowned for their complex webs. Yes. I, uh, they don't actually weave orbs because they're not very good for strings if you do that. That would be more kind of drums or something. But, uh, yes, uh, I don't think the spiders were particularly abused, though. I, 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 I think spiders have got plenty of silk so i imagine it was probably quite easy to just sort of uh, you do the sort of thing where they're trying to get away from you and you just sort of keep holding the string and pulling it up and then sort of eventually when they get down to the ground you just sort of throw that on the pile <laughs> was probably what they were doing for about five days oh. but sadly that's all we've got time for this week um thank you very much to everyone who's emailed in i hope all our listeners at home enjoyed the show and uh, enjoy the rest of your day i've been michael Ontario and i've been john nelson uh, thank you. Tune in again next week for more weird news. And we leave you uh, with Andy Holding and Will Benfold for the science of fiction. Thank you and good night.